Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hello, and welcome back to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. On this episode, Rob is joined by Dan Gregory. They talk about the recent lockdown that the UK has been put under. Obviously, COVID is completely changing the way the whole world works. And if you want your business to survive during these really disruptive times that you have to pivot, you have to change, you have to disrupt yourself. So Rob talks about the real opportunities that are right now and that will occur for the rest of 2021. So let's just get straight into the episode. But remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Evening, everyone. Today, coming as a co-stream with uh, my dear friend Rob Moore of the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Tonight, we are focused specifically on business. For any of you who have been following the pandemic podcast for any amount of time now, you'll know that we've been addressing some of the core issues that have arisen as a direct result of the pandemic and its response or the response to the pandemic. And one of the most overlooked areas, I believe, is the impact on business owners, not only small business owners, but entrepreneurs, freelancers, solo entrepreneurs, but even big business with companies like the Arcadia Group with companies like Topshop, Dorothy Perkins, Burton's going into administration, Debenhams, household names like Debenhams and Victoria's Secret, you know, these uh, TM Lewin, you know, I used to get my shirts from there back in my corporate days, these big, big companies uh, going uh, uh, into administration. So it's not just big companies, though, that have been hard hit by this. It's, it's every facet of business. And whilst there's been support, financial support, but for some business owners, there's also been a lot, lot left behind. There's a group called Excluded UK that have identified there's over 3 million people that were not eligible for financial support in business. So uh, tonight we want to focus on, yes, some of the issues surrounding the pandemic and how it's impacted upon businesses, but also practically look for solutions. And I'm delighted to be joined by Rob Moore, who I've got to know over, over the years. He's a, he's a serial entrepreneur, he's a disruptive entrepreneur, multi-best-selling uh, author, uh, founder and co-founder of the, the, the Progressive Property uh, business, uh, which is all about property investment and property training. Uh, he's got the ultimate success. Business is all about helping people with their mindset, personal development, uh, and just an overall great rock and roll guy. So Rob, uh, welcome to the Pandemic Podcast. Great to have you here today. Thank you, Dan. And we'll, I will be publishing this on The Disruptive Entrepreneur as well. Um, we've been friends for years. You, you, know, you have other podcasts, Dan, and we've become friends. We went to the Podcast Awards together. And I've really enjoyed watching your journey, you getting on the soapbox and going viral and actually having the courage to say what you really think. Um, I, when, when pushed, I've said what I really think, but I have a lot to lose because, you know, I have a big personal brand and a, a big business. Um, I saw your one almost, um, it was almost like a presidential speech, the one that <laughs> went viral. And I just said, you know, what an amazing speech and, and courage and kudos for you for stepping up. And, you know, we wanted to do this collaboration because we didn't want it to be all about the problem. We also wanted to look at the solution. 
You know, I don't think enough is being done to support businesses. And okay, furloughing, that was definitely helpful. Some of the loans, although I tell you a massive uh, sort of group who got really affected were self-employed um, because they, you had to make a certain amount of money proven on your tax return to, you know, to be able to get an, enough support, which many, many businesses didn't. And, you know, many employees might have got furloughed and they might have been okay. But, you know, the company did have to start contributing to that. There's a lot of mental health issues of people at home. My staff have come back. They're supposed to be juiced up for 2021. You know, if you, if you include my contractors on my building projects, I have nearly 200 staff. Uh, and my head of operations said to me today, the staff are scared. They're worried again. You know, they've only just got over, you know, the, their job security and they're worried again. You know, and so they're looking for people like me to, to guide them. So that's why we wanted to do this collaboration. You know, your data and stat statistics and rants about what's going on uh, and maybe me helping with some solutions for business owners. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for that, Rob. Yeah, that first uh, major speech that I did, like, I think I called it, um, I've been a coward, but uh, I'm no longer yes, willing to set the Yeah, I wanted to borrow that headline. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 within, I was shocked. You know, I just, I just, even going into the moments leading up to doing that broadcast, I'd made some notes about what I wanted to talk about, but my heart was racing. And you know, you know me, I've done plenty of public speaking and podcasting and broadcasting, but that being such a contentious issue, I was fearful going into that broadcast, but I just allowed my heart to flow. And I, I'd never seen anything like it. Put it this way, and you were part of Elevate Live, my project at the beginning of the year, which reached around 100,000 people, but it took us 50 days of of 10 hour, 12 hour day, days uh, to get to reach 100,000 people. And that one video alone has now been watched by over 300,000 people. By the end of the wow. weekend, it had been shared by something like 3,000 people. Um, I, I, it, it just blew my mind, but, but it, it gave me comfort that I was not alone in feeling the way that I was because I'd been effectively suffering in silence, having these thoughts and feelings about the situation. And Dan, and just to jump in, what are your thoughts and feelings about the situation? I know a lot of your followers will know, but as a summary, what are your thoughts and feelings about the situation? Well, look, this is a serious situation. It, it really is. You know, I'm, I, I, I've tried to be as balanced and proportional in my response all the way through this. And there are people who uh, perhaps detract from that. But, but my view is that, yes, there is a serious respiratory virus. But the way that we are, it is the way that we're responding to it proportional to the risk at hand, not only in the short term, but over the long term. Um, there, there are clear risks, but it's, there's also very clear, there's an age distribution. And we saw that very early on from China. This is, a, whilst it can affect all age groups, it predominantly severely affects the elderly and those who have serious pre-existing conditions, uh, sadly, uh, th th those vulnerable categories. But policies like the lockdown we're about to go into, uh, I, I do believe there's an alternative. I think there's other ways we could approach this. Being an entrepreneur as well, I'm sure the business owners and entrepreneurs watching this tonight, you know, we're natural problem solvers. We, yes, we look to, look, look to the problems. We look to find solutions. And, and I think there are more effective ways of handling the situation. That's, that's primarily what I've been campaigning about through my, uh, my, my data-driven rants. And you know, I used to watch mm. the football shows and they used to call him the guy Stato. And I think I've become Stato. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I think sometimes it feels like there's been a sledgehammer being used to crack a nut. And that's not to be disrespectful to people who are in those dangerous categories. Why, why can't you protect them and let the rest of the world go about business and finance and economy and service and production? Just to give you a little example, um, 
Boris came on, and I'm not one to knock anyone publicly. It's not my game. But you know, there was a categoric statement the day before the first school day. So I think it was Monday before schools went back on Tuesday saying, you know, absolutely, the kids will go back to school. And then the next day, the kids aren't going back to school. So what about the food that was created in all the schools? You know, what about the uniforms and the weeks that, you know, that the parents had spent? And what about the notice to allow the schools to create a home curriculum, et cetera? And, you know, look, I'm, I'm, it must be very difficult in government. I wouldn't want that job. But come on, to, to U-turn so quickly without the ability to, you know, plan and prepare. And what's the strategy that's going on here? You know, what, what are we doing? Three lockdowns. That tells me, surely just you have one. And I know people can blame individuals, but, you know, there's always going to be individuals, um, you know, who, who might break rules, et cetera. But, um, you know, now there's talk of mid-February, but then some people say end of March. Some people are saying to me June. And there's so much fear. What about all the knock-on unemployment? That could be huge. What about all the companies that will go bust when they can't afford to pay back all the loans and they've got all the tax bills and everything? Yes, it was nice that the government allowed us to delay those, but they have to be paid back. And um, uh, now I do also want to say that will bring an upside opportunity for property investors buying you know, lower priced assets or buying companies low and no money down or setting up an online business. And these are the three things that I've been sort of, you know, banging into start and scale up entrepreneurs is you've got to see the opportunity. But I, I, it's almost like I don't want that opportunity because I want existing businesses to be able to um, survive and thrive. So I've had to take the view, you know, we can either moan and complain and, you know, go and hide in the fetal position and and hope that this will be over soon, or we can we, we we have to just go. Do you know what? I've got to own this. And if you've ever thought about starting a part time business, now has got to be the best time. The, the the online traffic, Dan. You're a data man. I don't know what the data will be, but how many more people are going to be online now? I mean, my internet was kicking out all day yesterday, and, and my wife is like, "Everyone's <laughs> online. Get off." <laughs> um, so you know, an, an, an e commerce business or an information business or a clubhouse. You know, I'm, I'm getting about. Um, 12, 1,300 followers a day going on Clubhouse. So I wanted to sort of also op offer some opportunities and solutions for scared and disillusioned employees or self-employed people or business owners. Absolutely. And I think this is a, it's a really important conversation. Um, a quick backstory, really. I, I left my corporate career in financial services back in 2012 and having witnessed you know, the, the last major financial recession, uh, 2009, 2010, from the inside, I was working commercial banking at the time, face-to-face, uh, -face seeing business owners struggling and going under and facing extreme challenges. And at that time, whilst I was working for my employer, I couldn't give any advice, even though at times I could see very clear solutions. I could talk about finance, uh, but if I gave business or strategic or marketing advice and that backfired, it would come back on my employer and not on me. So... Part of the reason I left my corporate career in 2012 was, look, I want to go out and help businesses. You know, I've learned a thing or two from working with hundreds, uh, very close at hand experience with hundreds of different business owners and entrepreneurs. I wanted to make a difference. And that's actually what led me to start my business. So full circle, it's come around right now. And, you know, I, I have that burning passion to help serve and help entrepreneurs right now, because there's some real lessons actually I learned watching that last, um, uh, I nearly called it a pandemic, last recession. 
that are directly applicable right now. And I think when we get into the solutions, there'll be some really interesting things that we can discuss. I just want to say very briefly, we've got over 300 people watching us live right now. 354, uh, it says. Yeah, it, it does. So if you know a business owner right now, please do tag them into this. Please do share this feed. Uh, it's really, it's a really important conversation. We're going into 2021 now. This is an opportunity uh, f- for us to, 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 put, put, to potentially put a lifeline out to businesses to learn about how they can uh, survive, not only survive, but thrive going into 2021. Uh, Rob, so you shared a little bit about the impact on your business. You know, you're, you're a very, you know, you're one of the most successful entrepreneurs I personally know, if not the most successful. But, you know, how, how was business for you in, in 2020 and how did you have to adapt and what were some of the lessons you learned? Well, we turned 2020 around to it to end as our second most profitable year. Um, but it was our hardest year. I'd even say harder than our first year, Dan. Uh, when the lock now, I have I have multiple companies, and I have you know quite a large property company, roughly thirty five million pound portfolio, which outside London equivalent in London is three hundred million. Um, so um, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just going to talk about our training business. So we have a a training business which teaches people to start a business, have a side income, property portfolio, etc. And that business with our letting agency, Progressive Lets. Um, had 96 employees um, at, towards the end of March when the lockdown happened. And never have I had to go into the office with my MD and my business partner, go and shut ourselves in the kitchen of our office because all the meeting rooms are all being taken with, you know, all the fear and the HR meetings and everything. Um, and gone through a list of all of our staff and gone, keep, let go, keep, let go, let go, keep, let go, keep, let go. And um, it was a humbling process. It's not something I wanted to do. Um, but every business owner will probably have to do something like that every 10 to 15 years. And you have to protect the core, don't you, of your enterprise. Otherwise, it all fails. And we have hundreds of suppliers and hundreds of contractors. Um, so we did that. And we actually did let some staff go. I would probably say naturally 10 to 12 moved on because, you know, this situation really rocked them. So maybe up to 20 people, we either moved on or we had to let go, which is quite a big part of our workforce, 20% of our workforce. It, it was about a week to two weeks later that they announced furlough. But, you know, that week or two weeks, I just thought I'd have to make a load of staff redundant. It wasn't fun. It wasn't what I wanted to do. We had big growth plans for 2019. But you also have to accept the fact that things happen and business is business and life is life. And it was out of our control. Now, um, I remember sitting in a restaurant with a business partner of mine and she was saying the country's going on lockdown. And I don't know, this might have been three weeks before early March. And I was like, what? Shut up. No, whatever. And she said, it's happening. It's happening. Believe me, I've got insider information. Um, And I I kind of ignored that for a few days because most of us probably went through the denial phase, didn't we? And let's be honest, it's quite an extreme I mean, a lockdown. I mean, come on, a lockdown. Um, but then when I sensed it was real, let's say, you know, t- two weeks before, 10 days before, I don't know. I thought, right, you know, I can either be one of those people who bitches and moans on social media and has the same conversation with 100 people a day on the phone and online and face to face and spend months doing that. Or I can roll my sleeves up and do something about it. Now, the sort of the paradox or the, um, the the sadistic irony for me, Dan, was I was about to sort of retire, really, from my training companies because I, 
And my MD does a great job. She's good enough to take on the reins. Still own my 50% shares, but just, you know, retire from operations. And I, and I had to step in. My business partner had to step in. She, my MD had to step in. And I was getting up at three in the morning, four in the morning, going to bed at nine, 10, 11 at night. And I was doing this for two weeks or three weeks straight, making a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E and a plan F. And you know, some of the um, American hustlers or some of the content is don't have a plan B. (laughs) Because then you you focus on your plan B. Don't have a plan B, you know. No, no. In fact, I would say, yeah, don't have a plan B. Have a plan B, C, D. (laughs) Yes. And, And this really helped me, Dan. Now, um, our obvious move was to, to create online courses um, to replace our face-to-face courses. But um, it usually would take us nine months to write a course. And I said to my team, obvious move is to go online. But even though it's now proven to be really successful, it's taken us global. Um, you know, like I said, our second most profitable year. Kept nearly all of our staff done, um, which I'm really proud of. We've not refurloughed anyone on the on the new lockdown news yet, so I'm really proud that we're keeping our our team going. Um, but we had no idea if it would work. We had no idea if we'd burn all our cash. Now, um, Mark and I keep cash aside. Another thing, some of the Americans say, you know, cash is trash. Get rid of all your cash. I'm so glad I didn't get rid of all my cash. So, you know, we had I don't know maybe 24 months to burn. So that was good. Um, but we didn't want to burn it. Let's be honest. Um, so instead of it taking us nine months to write new material or an online course, we were writing one a week. Hmm. And for the first 12 weeks of the lockdown, we wrote 12 new courses um, and we turned the ship around. But there was so much fear. Now, it's all right for someone like me who's an entrepreneur who's experienced, who, like you, went through the last recession. Um, and I kind of thrive in a difficult situation. And, and you know, uh, they call me the disruptive entrepreneur. So I saw this as a real opportunity. Um, but, you know, most of the population was scared. Um, and, you know, Nikki's just said they're not to mention self-employed tradesmen. Exactly. So many trades went bust. We had a builder, a developer go bust on us. We lost 350 grand. So there was big fallout. Um, but, um, you know, I, in a way, I'm one of the lucky ones. If I'd have been retail on the high street with masses of stock, I'd have either had to close the shops or I might have had to close the business down. Now, there are retrospective lessons. I've always said you have to have multiple streams of income. I've always said that. Um, and ideally, a lean business model, you know, not massive overhead, not loads of stock, um, just because obviously, you know, you can be left with all of that. Um, For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him. I've used him for many years. And recently, we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878 153. 
Obviously, I only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. So, yeah, that's a really a bit of a short, and that wasn't a short answer, but a short version of absolutely what happened in the year. But like when you're in lockdown, out of lockdown, in lockdown, out of lockdown, in tier one or two, then three. Oh, but now we're going to introduce a tier four. And oh, and now tier five. Oh, no, 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 lockdown. How can you plan your life? How can you grow your business? How can you serve your clients? That's another thing. We went doubling down on serving our clients and helping them as much as we could and extra products and services and support and mentoring. And then we say, oh, great news. You can come back to live events. And then they come back to one. Then we have to tell them, no, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Oh, man. Anyway. Okay, yeah, I'll, so have the, breath, I'll have a breath. And- <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, there's two of us who, who can talk on it tonight. So good luck, audience. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts, for any training that we might run. Not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Uh, by the way, as we go along here, if you have questions for Rob and I, please do post them in the comments. We can see the comment feed here. And again, please do share this with other entrepreneurs and business leaders. I want to unpack a couple of things, Rob, because one of the, one of the greatest lessons I learned earlier on in, in, in my business career was that success leaves clues. And I'm a big believer in looking to others who've walked the path that I seek to walk, to learn from. And Rob, I know, you know you've, you're someone who's done a deep amount of work on yourself. So actually, when that time comes and the pressure kicks in, your brain is almost wired to kick in. But I'll tell you from the last recession back in 2009, 2010, and, and the, the biggest lesson I learned is leadership. Leadership. And by leadership, it's the quality of the leader and the mindset of the leader that to me determines how uh, a business owner or entrepreneur will respond to the situation. Because back in 20, 2009, 2010, different set of circumstances, but same problem, you know, economic recession, severe. And so many business owners that I sat face to face with in that bank, that banking hall, were burying their heads under the sand, uh, you know, trying to in that denial phase that you talked yeah. about. And, and Rob, you, 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 hit, you hit that and you went through it incredibly fast. But for a lot of people, the fear, and particularly when we're surrounded by the level of uh, fear, uh, not only around the economy this time, but also around an external invisible threat. That, that denial phase for a lot of people could, can last a lot longer. And, it, and it's almost every day could cost the business owner 
their, their, their livelihood, their future, because until you pull your head out from under the, under the sand and look up and realize what's happening here and realize that you have to course correct, you have to adjust, things can, can really fall from under your feet. So I think for me, one of the biggest things I've taken from that is the ability to say, look, I need to get my head above water, take stock and make decisions and, and assess my options. But then the second point I took from that is the uncertainty. And I go right back to what you were saying about the schools. And absolutely, the, the, the uncertainty that that caused for the, for the kids, the schools and everything else. But think about it in business. As you said, you're open, you're closed, you're open, you're closed. Uh, I, I went for a, a meal in Bristol just before Christmas and, you know, they were open. They're like, hooray, we're open again. And then boom, literally the next day, you're closed. Yeah. Tier, tier two, tier three, uh, all, all of that planning. And we can plan. <laughs> And, and, you know, maybe plan for the best and express, you know, expect the best. But my mm. goodness, the uncertainty right now is, is significant. So, how, you know, how, how, how in your experience, you know, what advice would you give someone who's in that place? Maybe they're still in the, well, holy hell, what do I do here? How do I tackle this uncertainty? How do I get that sense of certainty again? What advice would you give to, to someone in that situation right now? Right. I hear here to everything you just said, Dan. Um, so there's a few things. Um, I want to just address what, where I think we're at. Um, not in my life has there been a global pandemic of fear. Has there been fear on such a global level? And this is what's hard. So even in the recession in 08, um, I didn't, I mean, there was fear, but there was also opportunity. Um, observe the masses, do the opposite. And, you know, there's probably a lot of fear in the banking world because that was where the recession stemmed from. But in a lot of places, there wasn't that global fear, the fear for your health, the media, mm. the fear of your livelihood. So the first thing is we are all experiencing fear on a global level, and that is something new to everyone. So my first bit of productive um, content, because I'm always the one, what's the solution, what's the solution? Yep, honor the problem, figure it out quickly, but don't wallow in it, don't sink in the quicksand, get into solution mode really quickly. So it, it, here's some solutions. Number one. Only put um, information in your head that is factual. This is vital. And this is why I love what you've done here, Dan, because you've stuck to data. You've not just got angry. You've not just blurted a load of nonsense. Um, so, for example, I saw the Daily Mail article, which basically said um, Jeremy Clarkson had had COVID and it nearly killed him. You know, I've paraphrased. And then he tweeted saying, newspapers, just to let you know, I've just been reading a book while having COVID, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And the, the mainstream media sells fear. Now, I, can't, I don't even know what's true and what's not true anymore. And that is a problem. And I look at the announcements in the government and when they go, they say, oh, we're going to have a tier three system. But then they bring in tier four. To me, that's a bait and switch. You can't bring in a tier four in a three tier system. It's a joke. <laughs> Um, and, you know, open, close, open, close. One day, say, schools are definitely open. The next day, they're shut. You know, I, I, people are allowed to change their mind. But the problem is you lose trust. Um, so um, you've got to manage this global fear. And here's how you do it. One, you get your information from factual sources like yourself, Dan. And anything that's conjecture, hyperbole, you know, fake news, blah, blah, blah. You have to unfollow it. Block it. You know, delete it and get it out of your head. The next thing then, we all know what the problem is, and you have to go from problem to solution mode as quickly as possible. You can't go from problem to solution when you're completely surrounded by fear. Um, I, I basically just said to most people that I know who want to have a conversation about COVID, I've said my rule is I'll have one conversation a day, and that's it. And if that weren't you, I'm not having a conversation with you. <laughs> 
because they can have a hundred conversations about COVID. Um, and where's it going to get me? Where's that second and tenth and fifteenth? But it's really, you know, like bad news is so much more attractive than good news. I don't know if you, I think you went to uni, Dan. So I went to uni and one of my mates, Trigger, he always used to be sick. Every time we went out, he'd be the guy that chundered, as we call it. And when <laughs> someone's sick at uni, when it's the sort of thing you all, all your mates come around, Trigger's going to chunder, lads, come over, come here and look. And you look at, oh, and you look and you can't look and you look at, and it's disgusting to look at someone be sick, but you still have to look at them be sick. And that's what negative news is like. It, it doesn't really help you. You kind of don't want to get involved in it, but it's addictive. And you have to get rid of all of that stuff, in my opinion, of course, if you want to be productive. You know, hey, look, if you're trying to, you know, grow a massive podcast or or, or, lem- or you're in media, then that, that's probably not the right advice for you. But if you want a solution, if you want to, you know, build a business. So that's the first thing. Understand we're in global fear. Inoculate yourself from fear. Be very wise and selective of the media that you um, follow. Be very careful to curate your Facebook feed. Unfollow, block, delete, unfollow, block, delete. Select the people and the podcasts that you, you follow and listen to wisely. And then you go, right, what are my main problems right now? Stock, overhead, you know, um, inventory issues, customer issues, lead flow issues, you know, whatever, and then look for solutions. And if you haven't got um, any or many solutions in your existing model, then what you do is you create a new model and a new business. You don't just go, oh, my business is over. This is over. You put it on incubation. You you know, you, you pause it or you hold it. Or if you have to liquidate it, you liquidate it. Now, don't forget that COVID won't be here forever. So don't go making short-term decisions um, if you can keep things going after a code. For example, lots of people are in service accommodation and Airbnb. And if they can just keep their units there and ticking over, there's probably going to be a big staycation boom or likely to be, you know, after the lockdown. So, you know, don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Keep what you can going. And then what are the solutions? So uh, I, I, you said about leadership. So I kind of see myself as a purveyor of positivity. So even in my office, it's a pretty positive office. There's a good vibe. You know, I am a, a pretty upbeat entrepreneur. There's fear. So my job is to um, excite and enthuse and inspire my MD and my top level managers. And then they excite and inspire and enthuse, you know, uh, cascading down to the rest of my team and all protect them from, you know, the challenges that I, I may be having. Now, there's also some new upside opportunities like Shopify. Um, you know, maybe setting, you know, selling stuff on eBay or Etsy or, or, or Amazon or information businesses, you know, or, or products and services or online or turning your passion into a profession. Um, there's there's one um, online course that sells um, tens of thousands of units on how to make candles. You know, so people are doing the, I, I, bet, I bet Lego sales have gone through the roof. I've been building Lego through the lockdown. So um, I was taught by, you know. James Kahn and, you know, the, the dragons and all the mentors I might have had. I had James Kahn as a mentor. Back in 2006, they, they used to say things like, observe the masses and do the opposite and be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And we all go, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I like that. I'll put that quote on Instagram. Now's the time that it actually matters. Now's mm. the time where the rubber hits the road, where you actually do have the opportunity to observe the masses, to do the opposite. And, um, you know, I don't really like the word be greedy when others are fearful. Maybe be opportune when others are fearful. 
um, something like that. Um, so that's my re- my take and my stages on it. Get out of denial quick. Uh, work out what the real problem is without the sort of um, impact of fear. Get into solution mode as po- uh, quickly as possible. Um, be a purveyor of positivity. And understand this. And I fundamentally believe this. I fundamentally fundamentally believe that in any situation in life, you can name me any situation, it has equal upside and downside. You know, there is chaos and there is order. There is creation and there is destruction. Um, and, you know, as things die, things are born. And so your job in this very emotional time is to find the creation, the birth, the upside to the downside. We're more lean than we've ever been. We've gone through a difficult time, which has given us some maybe, you know, maybe a more steely um, grit as entrepreneurs, knowing that, you know, if we do have to let some of our workforce go, we can do that. I never knew if I could do that. Um, and, and I did it because it needed to be done. So, yeah, hopefully that helps. Dan. It does. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we, we're literally in winter right now. It's just getting cold. But economically, we're in winter. And what always follows winter seasonally, as well as in business, is spring. And leading on from what Rob said around the opportunity here, one of the best pieces of advice I ever was received was don't fall in love with your business, fall in love with your customer. And whilst, whilst Rob said, you know, you don't, you don't want to park your business now because it's your lifeblood, but actually if the business isn't trading uh, profitably in its current state, given the market conditions, then what, how can you adapt now? What, what, what needs do your customers have today or tomorrow based upon that market condition? Because, but, but not only that, who your customer is today may not be your customer tomorrow. It's about really understanding the market because uh, in times like this, people are more cautious because, uh, well, let's look, the, the, the Britain is now two trillion, over two trillion in debt. GDP is flatlining. You know, the, uh, allegedly lockdown three is going to cost the, the, the economy 390 million a day. Uh, so people are far more cautious in this time. However, there's always a high net worth market. I always say that the, the quote actually fails right now because I always say that the front of the plane is always full. You know, where first class is, there's, there's always money. Maybe planes aren't flying right now. I don't know. But, but my point is this. Who is your customer and what are their needs today? And you, you'll see uh, if people are restricting their spending, then perhaps you need to pivot from a high value product to a low value product to accommodate that. Or you look at actually who should my customer be today or tomorrow if there is a high net worth client. And going back to my story from the bank, I met two business owners on the same day, same industry, same city, but one of them was about to go under and was asking for money. We couldn't give it to him. It would have been good money after bad in this instance. But the second business owner, he was the one like Rob who took his head out of the sand and said, I can see what's happening here. He changed his marketing message, which was always Lesson number two for me, leadership was number one, marketing is number two. And for marketing, isn't just to the advertising campaigns and the strategies. It's actually who's the customer and what products and services do they need right now. And the second business owner figured that out and he prospered during that same economic recession. He looked at his business differently. And I was like, wow, what a difference between two people, same industry, same city. And it wasn't a big city. Uh, so for me, it's about understanding your customer, what their needs are, rather later. 100%. You know what? Your, um, your existing customers might have new problems and new needs, or you might have a new customer with new needs and new problems, and, you know, you need to adapt. Now, I'm seeing some really interesting comments coming, and I thought it would be good to address some of those, Dan. Um, yes. Before we do, and, and I, I'm going to scroll out, so I, I've seen some good ones. Um, well, they're all good, of course, but some ones that have piqued my interest. Um Dan, do you want to shout out and put the link in for the clubhouse room that we're doing straight after this live? 
Yeah, sure. So for those of you who haven't heard of Clubhouse yet, Clubhouse is a new, well, it's, it's relatively new. It's been actually around for most of 2019, uh, 2020, sorry, but in the last month or so, it's gone crazy. Clubhouse is a social audio app. Rob and I are going to be continuing this discussion afterwards within the Clubhouse app. It's only available on iOS devices, Apple devices at the minute, but you'll see the link on the screen. I'm actually going to put it in the feed as well so you can click on it, but you okay. can join us. We've got a good panel as well. We've got another four or five panels, some experienced business owners. You brought someone on the panel. So we're going to do Q&A. We're going to bring in a lot more of the questions. We don't normally um, live for more than an hour. So um, Dan's put it up there. Um, and I think it was Anne Hume. Um, I hope I've pronounced the name right. She said, um, you know, we've got to care about people too. I completely agree. Now, the reason Dan's brought me on is because I'm a business owner, an entrepreneur. I've mentored thousands of entrepreneurs. I've written 17 business books. That's my niche. That's why Dan's brought me on. And, you know, obviously, um, Dan brings people with different specialisms, and I'm a bit different to some of his previous guests. But I completely agree. So um, we created extra mentoring. If um, when government forced lockdown and we couldn't do our live meetups, we did them on Zoom for free. We gave a thousand mentoring sessions away, hundreds of mastermind sessions away. On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Boxing Day on the 27th, I phoned 26 people personally who were lonely or lost or a single parent or on their own at, Chris own at Christmas and had sort of between a 10 and a 25 minute conversation with them. Um, and actually, as a business owner, um, these are things we don't often talk about because we're often asked about profit and margin and marketing and sales. I completely agree with that. And it's the human side as well. And I try and do my bit. I, it was my birthday on the 4th of January, two days ago. Um, and I asked for people to donate to my foundation. And we've raised nearly £20,000 um, on, on my birthday. And Dan, you thank you, Dan, thank you for contributing as well. So I'm completely with you, Anne, all the way. Now, business owners like, so, you know, I have a £20 million, um, sometimes more, um, training business, top line revenue. I also have my property business. And when you're looking for scale, you can often lose the the one-to-one -one element. I try my best to spend a good couple or three hours a day on that. That's why Dan and I are doing this live. So just wanted to address that, Anne, and thank you for talking about the, the human side. Um, also, there's been a, quite a few people, Dan, you'll probably know more about this than me, but they're saying this is the divide and conquer strategy. I don't know if you've mentioned that in any of your lives. Do you want to just address that one? Because I'm no war tactician. I don't know. <laughs> so, look, I think, you know, and I, I did speak about this the other day. When, when there is a large amount of fear in the marketplace, whether that's, uh, you know, you could look at the recent elections in the US or, or you could look at the, the pandemic. Where there's a large amount of fear and concern, you, you'll usually find polarization. When, when we have what I would say conscious awareness and equilibrium of mind, we, 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 we may disagree and have different views on things, but we don't get so polar. Uh, and and this, this particular, and I suppose this question almost overlaps with another one who, who someone was asking, how, you know, what, you know, I've put my head above the parapet as an entrepreneur and I'm speaking out on this. You know, is it right to, to mix business and politics? Tough question. Uh, but uh, in, in this market, you know, where there's things happening, where there's fear, uh, people do, it's a very contentious issue. It's very divisive. And, and and people, you know, some people think that that's uh, deliberate. You know, it's been it's been it's been created, and you can certainly see that the communication, as you said, Rob, around mainstream media is designed to shock, and it always is. You, you, you don't need a pandemic to know that. Um, so, uh, is it deliberate? Is it is it a function of the circumstances? There's different schools of thoughts on that, but, but either way, I think 
regardless of what's happening outside of us, and I, I particularly want to say this to business owners, entrepreneurs tonight, regardless of what's happening outside of us, it's how we respond to the situation. Yes. Because it's very easy to become disempowered right now. Angry. Uh, <laughs> angry, frustrated. I spend a lot of time there, but I have to snap out of it because it has, you can use it to drive you forward. Uh, and that's the key for me. Uh, it's about what decision can you make today? Going back to leadership, I'm always about... We have to be the change we want to see. And I firmly believe, despite everything that's going on in the world around us right now, we have a unique opportunity to, to create change in the world for the better. And we can do that for ourselves, our loved ones, our economy, our country, our world. Uh, but it's about identifying what problems we want to solve um, and, and getting focused on the solution. Because there's a lot of things that we may not be individually able to control, but we can contribute to change when we come together. And Joe Rogers uh, hello, Joe from Lawyers for Liberty. She said, um, do business owners need to accept the decisions that the government made without complaint? And as business owners, I think business owners and entrepreneurs have enormous lobbying power. And I, I, what we haven't seen yet, and going back to the should you miss business and politics, we haven't really seen any, any major lobbying uh, of, of notes that's caught the mainstream media's attention from any major business group. But I think there is a place for that. And even when I did that first video that Rob referenced, Rob, actually, you were one of the people I was thinking about. Because going into that video, I was thinking, I know some of my friends in business are going to be watching this. And I'm thinking, they're going to say, stick to the business, Dan, you're getting political. And Rob and a couple of my friends in the business world who we both know, I was thinking, I literally had you in my head. Uh, but I was so pleased when I saw a positive comment from you, Rob, and uh, I also had personal messages from the exact people I was worried about uh, what they would think. But it goes back to, we can't worry about what other people think. Uh, you know, I don't get my self-esteem from outside. I get it from inside. And we have, we have to do what's right for us, but we have to address the situation, see it for what it is, not worse than it is, but then get to work on solving the problem. And uh, uh, in response to Joe, I think, I think it, there is now the time where businesses need to club together uh, uh, to, to, to make a change. And on that basis, I just want to, I want to give a quick shout out. There is actually a legal case uh, underway at the minute where there's a legal firm seeking uh, witness statements from businesses that have struggled uh, during uh, the pandemic. You've gone under, you've had to close, you've had to shut your premises, you've lost money. Uh, there's a legal claim underway at the minute. So if, if you have us, they're looking for expert witnesses. So if you've, if you've sadly lost your business or you had to close your premises, uh, you can go to democracydeclaration.com forward slash lawyers dash or dash liberty. And I'll put that in the comments again. So they're, they're looking for witness statements from people who've lost their business as, as, as a class action claim. But Rob, I'll, I'll come back to you. What, what are your reflections on what we've shared there? Um, I think I completely agree. You can only control what you can control. And I think that you need to take the energy of fear um, from this pandemic and put it into something productive and positive, whether that's doing a charity raise, um, you know, actually getting down to London and lobbying or starting a new business. You know, when I saw everyone going down to the streets of London, Part of me thought, good on you, because if, you know, if, if we don't speak up, nothing changes. But then part of me thought, I hope you're putting the same amount of energy into the things you can control, because 10 million people could go to London and they could let us do our bit and then bugger off and then nothing changes. You know, how many signatures do you have to bloody get to even get anything noticed? It's like millions. Um, my friend who owns Grenade, um, he drove his tank down to London and took a load of positions for gym uh, petitions for gyms being shut. You know, the gyms being closed. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't rant, but 
How can you open greasy takeaways and close gyms and health clubs? That just tells me, are you focusing on the end? Maria has said, and not selling masks. You know, where's all the information about, you know, um, protecting your immune system and eating well and controlling your emotions and being healthy from the inside to increase your own strength? Because you know what? We don't need medication. We need a strong immune system. Um, of course, if you're very ill, you may need medication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, we're, we're, this, is the, this is the entrepreneur conversation today. We do have doctors on as well, but we're talking business. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you think about it, though, um, um, Al Barrett, by the way, he's the chap that owns Grenade. He's a good friend of mine. If you get to support his work, he's brilliant. But where's... If there'd have been as much news about how to look after your immune system and eating healthy and getting rid of obesity, you know, uh, obesity's probably been more of a pandemic for the last 30 years than COVID, maybe. I don't know. The, but the deaths in obesity, I believe, are much higher than COVID. Then it's a real problem. Why haven't they put this amount of energy into obesity? It just it does baffle me. But I want to make a caveat. It's really hard being in the government. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's divided. How? But, you know, let's tackle obesity. Let's tackle immune, you know, Im immunity. Let's really get people educated on eating well. Let's get the fucking sugar out of everything. <laughs> you know, all this stuff, because I'm telling you, so many less people are going to die. Um, but, but, I mean, on the upside of that, um, you know, I've learned a lot more about these things and had to self-educate Um uh, just because, you know, I think it's really important. So, yeah, you know, change your food, as Darren has said. Um, yeah, I, I, Dan, we don't want to get banned from Facebook. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, Rob, you're the, you know, the, the doctors and the scientists, you're the first F-bomb on the pandemic podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah the doctors and the scientists, I, I want to Dan, encourage them to be themselves. <laughs> I don't know if you've got the stats, but I bet you could get them. How many people have died of obesity in the last decade? Yeah, I don't have that to hand, but we certainly no, you can find it. But, yeah. uh, you know, how many people this year died of obesity? You know, it, it's I know that it's significant. It's become, a you know, a huge problem. Hmm. It just sort of frustrates me. Why are we not having the same focus on that? And then it makes you think of all the ulterior motives of, you know, the selling of the masks and the big farmer and all that. And it may, you know, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but it does make you worry and concern that, yeah, I, I don't know how long it normally takes to create a vaccine, but they seem to have done it bloody quick this time. <laughs> Just makes me scratch my head and worry. Um, but anyway, I, it's not. I don't normally. Yeah. So what can you do? Focus on what you can control. Look after your clients. Give extra value. If you're stuck, use you know, and scared, and you're worried about your employment, use this as a, your opportunity to start your own business on the side, online, where you don't have any stock or overhead, um, and and see it as a great gift and an opportunity. Because remember, there's an upside to every downside, and a downside, of course, to every upside. So, um, looking back, 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 back. Now, wisdom is being able to see an upside in a downside situation. Um, so if Dan, if Dan gave me a load of harsh, harsh criticism now in front of all <laughs> 300 people, I might see that as a downside. Dan, you've just shamed me in front, in front of 300 people. But what might that, what might the upside of that be? Um, make me humble, make me think about, did I do something to upset Dan to get him to say it, to handle criticism? I'll get a load of people saying, wait a minute, Dan, that was a bit unfair on the line, <laughs> uh, Rob, like that. 
So there will be an equal upside. So wisdom is seeing the upside now. But what we normally do is wait till, or not wait, but 2025 comes along. We look back and we go, do you remember 2021? It was actually quite good. At the time, it was scary. You know, like you've been in a relationship you got stuck in and you look back a few years later and you think, oh, that was one of the best things ever, getting out of that relationship. Well, looking back, 2021 will bring you some gifts. I want to just to do a shout out to all the mums and dads who are homeschooling. I feel your pain. I know it's really hard, but I want to say this. You know, when your kids are grown up, they're going to be gone and you're going to wish you saw them more. And you might look back in 2021 when we're in lockdown and homeschooling and go, I wish I could spend that much time with my children again. So, you know, I'm no, I'm no expert on homeschooling. I think anyone who hasn't killed their kids by the end of the day has had a good day. It's hard. It's really hard. Every single parent or pair of parents, you know, I know are finding it hard. Don't think that you're failing and everyone else is winning. It's hard. But what I would say is try and be present um, because don't start thinking about, oh, man, this could be till March or June. Be present in the moment. Enjoy being with your children. Um, don't worry too much about the results and the the grades. Everyone's going to be on that road. And don't wish away that time with them. Um, I, yeah, a bit off tangent. But, of course, homeschooling is a big subject, isn't it, Dan? It is, yeah. And I think well, it links into the piece around opportunities. Like going into 2021 now, you know, I think everyone has become acutely aware of different problems in the world right now. And I think we can be distracted by the, the bigger picture or we can start to look for problems that we can solve as entrepreneurs because – Let's look at 2020 and how the world has adapted. And one of the one of the wonderful things about human beings is just how rapidly we can adapt. And how many people went to remote working? I mean, I've got friends who work in the, the consultancy where they've been trying to get businesses to do remote working for a long time. It's like an entire movement now. But even then, you know, teaching, getting companies set up on on for, for remote working, learning how to communicate and run and manage teams remotely. There's all of these opportunities, and each new opportunity creates a new opportunity. And, and I would say uh, right now, and my wife and I, Lizzie, were talking about this over dinner, for, for anyone that's been on furlough now for an extended period of time, I think this is a grand opportunity. You know, my Liz, Lizzie, she's a personal trainer, and she's, you know, she, her preference is training in the gym. She does some stuff online, and she knows how to do online stuff. She's married to me, for goodness sake, but <laughs> she, she prefers face-to-face, uh, but she has done stuff online and she's starting to do that. But today was the first day in a long time that she had no clients. She didn't have any virtual clients or any face-to-face clients. And she she was like, what am I doing with myself today? You know, what? I, and she had a relaxed day and she deserves it. But if you're furloughed and you're doing that every single day, and if you've got children, as Rob said, I understand completely that there's never, there's never a day off. But if you have, a, you have time off and there's an opportunity now for you to decide how you'll make use of that time, because entrepreneurship isn't as scary as it first looked. It was real for me going straight into business from corporate. It was harder than I thought, but actually it wasn't until I learned that there were people like Rob around. And it was actually, that's how I first came into contact with Rob is when I started looking for people who were further ahead. And I thought, how can I learn from what they've done? They've blazed a trail because right now there is, there is more opportunity and there's, there's more money in the world. Money is being printed like crazy. There's more money in the world and there's more opportunity in the world than ever before. But if our mind is tuned into fear and our mind is tuned into uh, panic. We no longer see the opportunity that could be right in front of our face. And actually, one of our mutual friends as well, Daniel Priestley, says, You could be stood on a mountain of value. You know, you could be stood on a mountain of value right now, but you're just not seeing it because you're so deeply in fear. So, right now, 2021, if you've never thought about starting a business before, 
What skill do you have? What expertise do you have? What problem do you see in the world right now? And you think you've seen it over and over again. You know, this is how Richard Branson operates. He just sees problems. He goes, oh, I'll build an airline then or I'll build a railway line. You know, if you see things that are being done, done badly and you've got a better idea, now's the time to execute. And believe me, there is role models and mentors out there that can really help you accelerate your journey. I think that's a great way to end, Dan, because we've got to get ready and start, <laughs> yeah. haven't we? we uh, we've only got we've got 10 minutes. So do you want to put the Clubhouse link back on? I will, uh, yes. I'll tell everyone about it while you're doing it. So I've been spending a good 10 days solid on Clubhouse. Um, it's a fantastic app um, where you get to listen to moderators giving you strategies and tactics in audio rooms. Um, so my profile is at Rob Moore. Is you, what's yours, Dan? Do you want to? Um, yeah, at people, Dan J. Gregory, at Dan J. Gregory, which is my pre-married name. If you could put those in the comments, Dan. So mine's at Rob Moore. Uh, and Dan's is at Dan J. Gregory. It's important that you follow us because then you get updated on all the rooms that we go live on. Um, and at eight o'clock, which is pretty much 10 minutes, uh, we're going to be in a live room myself, Dan. Dan's got a special guest. I've got three or four guests. Now, I know a lot of people who follow Dan. You know, I, I know that they love some of his rants. We're going to be focusing on, on solutions, on business opportunities, um, you know, making the most out of 2021, making the most out of being on lockdown, whether that's re-educating yourself, starting a new business. Um, but, you know, of course, Dan's there as well. So what you love Dan for, you can um, you can tap him up on. Uh, at the moment, Clubhouse is only available on Apple. I should just say that because otherwise everyone will just post that they're on Android. Um, and you need to be invited in by someone. So um, if you're not in, just make sure that you message someone you know and say, hey, can you give me your um, clubhouse invite? Because we'd like you to try and get in before um, eight o'clock. And the reason I say this, Lydia said Dan doesn't run. I, I don't know. Dan does, Dan does Martin Luther King's speeches. I just call it Dan thing. Um, but, yeah, right now um, there's a, a big sort of scarcity in clubhouse. Not a lot of people can get in. Um, but it's making it, um, it you know, a, a really desirable platform to be on. And what's great about it is that you can get up close and personal with the speakers and the moderators. You can listen intently or just have it on in the background. You can ask any questions and it's all on audio format. So it's obviously convenient to, you know, wherever you are around, whereas obviously here you have to be watching um, the video. Um, but you can't, there's no recording feature um, or replay feature. That's why we're telling you now that you need to be in at eight o'clock. We'll start it at eight. Um, I'll be leaving at about between 9.15 and 9.30, but my guess is the room will carry on because that's how they normally go. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take the conversation over there and answer all of your specific questions. Um, so if you liked what we've done so far, I just want to do a big shout out to Dan um, because he's been a good friend for years. He had other podcasts before this. Um, and, you know, I thought he was very brave. Um, you know, Dan could have really damaged his business brand by speaking out because, like Dan said, should I mix politics and um, business? I'm just a believer in speaking your truth. Um, and, you, you know, Dan and I, I think that we, we're both similar in, in that vision of how we should be. And Dan really did that was really very honest about that. And I think that, you know, he got the reward that he deserved. So, Dan, I, you know, you're the guy I listen to if I want to get information on what's going on, um, because I respect that you do a lot of research 
Um, and but you're also a business owner, which I think gives you a unique take. You know, you, you're not just trying to get loads of followers to leverage the pandemic, which I think some people are. Um, so yeah, it's seven fifty-two. We need to go and put our makeup on. For the- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put my pajamas on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? The lockdown, I won't show you, but my lockdown um, uh, uniform is a you know, nice suit jacket and tracksuit bottoms. You could never get away <laughs> with it any other way. So, Dan, you've got the link up there for Clubhouse. That's great. So let, let's – oh, by the way, can you hit the share button, please? It's really important to get these messages out to entrepreneurs. You know, we're coming uh, – from this with a what can we do, how can we help, how can we serve, what business models can we start, what opportunities can we take, what are the up- upsides. Um, you know, we don't just want to sort of wallow in the problem for months because that could obviously cause a lot of mental health issues um, and we don't want that to happen. So we'll see you in Clubhouse at 8 o'clock, which is in T minus seven minutes. Hit that share button. Um, and for anyone who doesn't follow me, um, I'm on, you know, my podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and you can find my, me, Rob Moore, on any social media. Um, you know, if you want the sort, of, I've written 17 business books. You can see a few of them behind me there. Um, my podcast has over 600 episodes. So yeah, Dan, I always love speaking to you. Shall we get into Clubhouse and do this thing? We can, yes, absolutely. So the Clubhouse thing, if you haven't, uh, you do. Try, I would suggest sign up because if any of your friends, I, I just got randomly accepted by because a friend of me uh, invited me in. So sign up because you may you may know someone in there. Uh, the link's in the stream there. It's also in the header of this broadcast. And I would say as well for anyone watching on Rob's channel, the Disruptive Entrepreneur. Hi, I'm Dan Aston Gregory. If you don't already know me, thank you for for being with us tonight. If you are interested in hearing a bit what I've got to say on the pandemic, you can find the links. Uh, within the within the feed here uh, i want to say thank you to the audience who have been with us throughout commenting and sharing and engaging and i hope to see some of you on clubhouse and for the rest of the audience as you know i'll be back tomorrow thanks once more and thanks to rob uh, and uh, we'll see you in the clubhouse thanks very much thanks dan and your podcast is called the pandemic podcast that's right indeed it is wow. yes, all my listeners great all right so we'll see you in a few minutes time in clubhouse we'll be going live thank you thank you all